Hello, and welcome to Capital Compass. We are the official podcast of the New York State Catholic Conference. I'm your host, Jillian. Today, in episode 20, I'll be talking with Beatrice Diaz Tavares, Executive Director of Catholic Charities Community Services of the Archdiocese of New York, about migrants at the border. Before we get to the interview portion, I just wanted to briefly talk about a document that Beatrice and I discussed during our chat. We're referring to a statement from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops from 2013 on the Catholic Church's position on immigration reform. Here are some of the key points in what you need to know about the bishop's statement. The bishops have clearly stated that the government has a right and a duty to protect its borders, but also that we need to be more welcoming of immigrants. They have called for a priority on family unification and that there should be policies so we can keep families together. They also believe there should be a pathway to citizenship for those who have come here already and are undocumented. In addition, we need to address the root causes of migration. The bishops also stated that there should be a program to allow foreign workers to come here legally and due process rights for those who enter illegally. With that clarified, we'll be right back after a brief message. Are you interested in staying up to date with New York State legislation pertinent to the Catholic Church? Do you want your Catholic voice to be heard? Sign up for the Catholic Action Network by going to our website at nyscatholic.org action center or texting CAN to 50457. Again, CAN, C-A-N, to 50457. For over a month, an influx of migrants have been and continue to be bused from the United States bordering Mexico to cities such as New York City. Uh, here to discuss the crisis of migrants at the border is Beatrice Diaz Tavares. Uh, Beatrice has served as Executive Director of Catholic Charities Community Services of the Archdiocese of New York since 2008. She guided the agency's response to nearly every crisis that confronted New Yorkers during the time period, including the housing crisis, Superstorm Sandy, the opioid epidemic, immigration reform, and more. So, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and, and for the invitation. Uh, so, in recent weeks, the governors of Texas and Arizona have sent hundreds of migrants who have crossed the southern border to cities, mostly New York and Washington, D.C., as they await their next deportation hearing. These have been largely single men, but also women and small children, none of them with any place to go once they arrive. So um, how has Catholic Charities stepped up in, uh, to help? So at Catholic Charities, we started to see this population. One, what initially happened was that the Border Patrol was actually listing our office address as their place of residences on their immigration notices to appear. So they would arrive here thinking that we were a shelter. And and and, and we had been seeing, we saw a large amount starting to arrive in June and in July. That's when really the crisis hit. So we were, again, responded to them 
really helping them and being able to meet them where their needs were. We were providing very basic needs orientation, really assisting them in how to navigate the system here in New York City. So we did direct them to the various intake shelters. So for the men intake shelter, the women intake shelter, and also the families intake shelter. Initially, we were seeing mostly men, but we are seeing a number of families that are coming through our door. Um, have any of the migrants told you any of the stories about uh, why they came here? They're coming here um, really seeking asylum and fleeing persecution in their countries. Most of them are coming from Venezuela, but we have seen a number from Colombia, from other countries, really seeking, you know, the immigrant dream. My parents came to this country because it was really where they felt they can do better than they can in their own country. But in cases of um, the Venezuelans, they're seeking the persecution, fleeing, not seeking, fleeing the persecution that they're encountering in their own countries and under the current regime that is there. So this has obviously been a heavily politicized topic, um, and uh, politics do, in fact, play a large role in it. But why is it so important for us to look at aiding these migrants at a, like, you know, humanity and Catholic standpoint rather than uh, a political standpoint? From a Catholic standpoint, we are all made in the image of God. And that is what is so necessary for us to always remember. We are here to really serve our fellow human beings and to offer them a welcoming. I think that is, you know, the root of the message in, in, in the gospel is that we have to welcome the stranger within our midst. And I think this is part of why we do it. But it is also, it breaks your heart when you see them. I mean, they have traveled thousands of miles, many on foot, on bus, on train, to get to our borders because they see the refuge that the United States is. And I, I have to stress, they're not coming here just to sponge off the system. They're really coming here to work. That is their primary need and what they want to do is they want to work. I can tell you that we we had a young man who was here and he had traveled with just shorts. And when he was in our offices, he looked at us, he says, I want to work, but no one's gonna hire me wearing shorts. How, can you help me get a decent pair of jeans? So that's how focused they are. They are really looking for employment. They're really looking to contribute. They're not here to take away. They're just here to better their lives. They want to learn English. They want to learn a trade. It's like, how can I get English classes? How can, again, these are really, they're going to be our worker bees. They're going to really go into this, into our society and be productive members. Exactly. Just again, with the hev heavily uh, politicized this is, it, it's not everything that it seems. And I know that the Catholic bishops have called uh, for comprehensive immigration reform. Can you um, kind of explain to our listeners what exactly the um, principles that the bishops have outlined for, you know, organizations like Catholic Charities can help? It's really looking for us to respect the individual, but also not do a brain drain on the countries that they're coming from. 
So it's really a measured approach and that, yes, we should protect our borders, but we also should look at how our system is currently fashioned and what is missing in our system and how we can better all the legal ways of entering the country. But we're also looking at the folks who are already here. And that is something that has not been addressed. So when we think of the dreamers, those young people who have been in this country for a number of years, who have now become our attorneys, our teachers, our doctors, our nurses, giving them a pathway to um, legalization, to residency, and finally citizenship. These are young people who have grown up in this country, who are, for all intents and purposes, Americans. They're not, you know, they, they do not, they're not, although they may have been born in Mexico or Guatemala, they are now Americans and they should be treated as such. Important to point out is kids who have come here, you know, at a very young age, they don't know anything different. No. How long has Catholic Charities been welcoming and assisting immigrants to our country? You know, it's, it's not a, necessarily a new thing. Um, and kind of how is it part of Catholic Charities' whole mission? It's been part of our Catholic Charities' mission actually since the very beginning, if you think about it. But in particularly for our agency, we really uh, formalized the, these services in the late 1970s is when we started. But when you really go back, Catholic Charities has been there throughout all the different um, years. I mean, we're over 100 years old and it was really serving the immigrant population way back when that when we started. So it was serving the Irish immigrants. It was serving the Italian immigrants who arrived. So, and, and maybe we weren't known as Catholic Charities back then. I think the name was really came in in 1920s, but before that there was a Catholic agency helping the immigrant population. And it's important to remember um, that, you know, America is a melting pot. And, yes. You know. <laughs> or maybe it's more like a fruit salad. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Definitely more like a fruit salad. And that aligning with the beliefs of Catholics to, you know, welcome people, you know, and that while the government has the right and duty to secure the borders, you know, we need to also be more welcoming uh, to immigrants. Yes, I, I do think. And I think, you know, going back to your statement about the bishop's um, statement, it's so important to really look at how we can address this on a more systemic level, how we can change the laws of our country and really recognize the need for more immigrants, the need, you know, some people feel that, oh, we're awash with immigration. No, we're not. I, I think we can and should absorb, should be able to allow more immigration into our country because they are really what revitalize neighborhoods, what really energize cities and maintain us as a strong, healthy nation. I, yep, everybody, almost uh, all in the United States has come from immigration. So, you know, a, a lot of people have talked about how the migrants have been coming from, you know, Texas and Arizona to New York and like D.C. 
But why is this so important that we focus on this, not just at a state level, but at a national level? Because it, this is going to affect our the, the entire country. The migrants are, are not only coming to New York City, they are coming nationwide. They're, you know, just as we're receiving in here, they're also going to Miami, they're also going to Chicago, they're going to Portland, Oregon, they're going to Portland, Maine, they're going to San Francisco. They're even staying in Texas, you know, they're going to Dallas, San Antonio. So they are going interior to Texas, but they are, they're here and they're coming. And I think we, we just need to be able to respond to them and to offer them the services that are needed. There have been a lot of people coming in. So how has Catholic Charity been able to keep up with the demand? Through very generous donations, through really um, having our staff respond to the need, and sometimes our staff going above and beyond. And I think we also have been recruiting volunteers to work with us and really just being able to provide the services that are needed for this population. We look at how we can. Now, there are times when we are stretched very thin. And as a result, for example, at one point in our own offices, we were just seeing whoever walked in, but we realized that in order to be able to serve them in a dignified manner, we went to an appointment basis so that we were able then to schedule an appointment for them to come back and then be served. Because we just were not, when you have an overwhelming majority like that, you cannot serve them in a, in a way that is befitting any human being. Yeah, and it's I think it's important that you guys set up the appointment basis so you could see as many people as possible it's uh mm -hmm. it's hard to yeah. serve so many people when everybody's coming in at once uh so earlier i mentioned that you have helped uh guide the catholic charities agency um response to nearly every crisis that has confronted new yorkers you know you know obviously especially you know more recently but uh, I really want to make a point that Catholic Charities also helps New Yorkers in need, especially, you know, after disasters. And we've had some big ones in New York. Um, can you let our listeners know some of the other issues you work on? You know, not just the immigration reform, but. Um... Sure. So uh, one of the, at, here at Catholic Charities, we really pride ourselves. So one of the things we do is we help folks prevent eviction. And in fact, our services, that program, we call it preserving your housing because it's really preserving the housing of the folks who come to us. So we work with families to see what resources are available for them in order to stay housed. We also do an emergency food program, which we call feeding our neighbors. And again, we call it feeding our neighbors because we really want to treat our neighbors as though they are our family. There we support food pantries throughout Manhattan and the Bronx. And we also distribute food to these food pantries, really helping them. We get large donations that we're able to break down at our warehouse and then redistribute to the smaller food pantries. We also help individuals apply for the SNAP benefits, which is um, the Supplemental Nutrition Program or what was called previously food stamps. Those are part of our basic needs that we provide services to. 
But we also, again, a big part of it is our immigration services. Not only do we, again, address the basic need of, the, of this population, the asylum seekers, but we also look at the legal needs. What are the legal needs that are necessary for this population and how can we address them? We also have been working re recently with the refugee population. We worked with both the Afghans and the Ukrainians now who are coming in. And we have English as a second language programs so that we are also teaching folks how to um, learn, teaching English and also allowing them the, to advance and to learn the systems here in, in the United States. That's a very small part of what we do. We work with young people where we're really encouraging folk, young folks to stay in school. So we are working with uh, three or four different schools where we work with the guidance counselors, with the principals, with the teachers, and really help students navigate being in school, but staying in school. But many times it's also addressing the needs of the family of these students. So we have have, through our case management program, been visiting some of the families and realized there are needs there that are more basic. So we had one um, counselor who went out to visit a family just to see what was happening in the student's life. And when he arrived, he realized that the family was in need of something as basic as beds. Because of the donations that we received, we were able to get beds for this family and really help that family and that student on their ongoing nature. Again, that's part of what we really believe in is helping the neediest of New Yorkers, but also helping our students stay in school and graduate and move on, whether it be to a trade school, to college, but really helping them fulfill their dreams here in the United States. We also do provide residential services. I know it's a long list of stuff. <laughs> Um, to those who are severely mentally ill, we have approximately, we serve approximately 500 individuals, our accounts, our clients, and again, it's really providing a safe place for them to live, but also understanding that you can be a productive member of society, even living with your mental illness. And that is one of our mantras, recovery is possible. You can live on your own with some support in an apartment within New York City. That's a quick list. I could go on for hours, but. I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, some news articles might cover Catholic charities in some aspects, but the fact is they do so much more. Yes. And it's, it is true. It is so much more. And we're proud of the services we give to New York. But we also realize that there's always so much more that we could be doing. And but whatever little however we can help, it's always we're here to do it and we do it with dignity and really at topmost concern for our clients. Um, now, what can we as, you know, listeners and who want to support Catholic Charities, how can we help um, more? Going forward, I think it's supporting your local Catholic Charities Agency, finding out what they're doing, donating, of course. We never have enough resources. And, you know, I'll put in a, a little plug, praying. 
<laughs> it's also advocacy. I think, you know, really speaking with your local elected official, where do they stand on this front? And recognizing that this country, again, is built on immigration and we do need these folks to continue to arrive in our countries because we really, they are the ones who revitalize neighborhoods. They are the ones who revitalize cities. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Capital Compass podcast. And thank you so much to Beatrice for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be coming out with a new episode every other week. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To catch all the latest from the conference, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NYSCatholicConf and on Facebook at NYSCatholicConference. Thanks again, and God bless.